Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to discuss the Spirus Legacy. Oh, not Lionheart. <laughs> Although I do appreciate you wearing your birthday shirt with pride. And birthday week. hat. Yes, very nice. Thank very you. nice. Um, so Aaron, before we get into the Spirus Legacy, all right. you were talking about how this week was a big week in the world of the Amiga and all of the news surrounding it. That's right, Boat. I sure was. Cue the robot. You've just he's gone, isn't he? Didn't you have a chick version for a while? That was a different that was yeah. a different bumper. Bring it back, dude. Let's talk about the Amiga news. I got the gamble trying to rate a roll here. Okay. So right out of the gate. We saw several. You know, this is a good time of year. It's actually it's peaking a little early this year, frankly. Normally in the summer, things sort of hit the skids. Mm-hmm. But this summer, it started out skittish, and it's now it's, it's crazy time. So uh, free game, if you're feeling froggy, you got your Pong 4, homebrew Pong. Mm. Uh, it's free. It allows up to four players. It's free. You can play it on the Amiga 500. Enough said. We've got links in the Google+. Plus. Uh, I have not played this this week, but hey, I like some Pong, and I like paddle games, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. I want, and, you know, this, what, what are your favorite Pong-like games, just while we're on the subject? Um, I like uh, Shuffle Puck Cafe. <laughs> Look at you. The C64, did you play it at on the Atari? No, I played it on the Macintosh. The, oh, really? Because yeah. that, that game is well-traveled. It was on the, the Commodore 64. It's where I think I played it the, the first time. Yeah, I like, uh, and, I, and I like all of the, uh, the, the Video Olympics on the 2600, which is basically, you know, 4,000 variations of Pong. I like your Warlords. Mm, yes. It, would you call that a Pong-like game? Well, it's, bra- it's a breakout Breakout, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like your uh, Arkanoids. Yep. You know? Yep. So if we're talking about breakout clones... Well, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm kinda, I am kind of okay. cheating a little bit. So, yeah. But hey, I, you know, we, I was one of those uh, old school... Yeah, as a young whippersnapper, I, I will play. Have, admit to playing a Pong or two in the arcade. Really? And, you, you saw an uh, actual Pong Well, I don't know if there? it was an actual one from Atari, but mm-hmm. they, did, they did have the Pong. I like the fact that it's got the little gravity going on. This looks yeah. pretty wacky. Yeah, it looks like it's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, we had one of the Pong home systems. Did you? Not we, but my uncle had one. Mm-hmm. That, so we used to go over there and play it. So, yeah, I like me some Pong. Cool. So, Pong, hey, and I told you, a free game, right? Yeah. So, here we go. And uh, This one, straight out of Indie Retro News. Uh, we've got the 8-bit game of Sir Abbaball. <laughs> Sir Abbaball? Yes. Okay. Which was, according, according to this, was designed by the Mojin Twins. Uh, they, anyway, they, someone has ported it to the Amiga, and you can see there's a, they've got a cool poster here. Oh, yes, I see it Looks now. pretty good, doesn't it? The poster, anyway. Yeah. Look uh, at that title screen, too. Yeah, and that that nice, is some... That's, I think that's the, yeah, that's the specky yeah. uh, version, but hey, it looks good, doesn't it? Looks great. Uh, and, but, uh, hey, this might be pretty good, you know? Uh, I, I've not played this. Uh, but uh, uh, it looks it looks like it might be fun. It's that kind. Of, it looks like your kind of game. Oh though, yeah, right? that looks very. I mean, this is the Amiga version we're looking at now. And popping it, and bopping. Yeah, this looks like it. Uh, it would not be amiss in my game collection. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so some sort of this is a coming and going month. Uh, we have to bid a fond to do to uh, the, the happy good trails. The good folks over at GenerationAmiga.com, which 
Uh, I would, and it's funny that for whatever reason that site was blocked at where I work. I don't know why, uh, but I would go there on the phone or at the house, and mm. I, they had some news. Now they were, I believe they uh, had a wacky uh, report a couple months ago that ended up not being true. I can't remember what it was. Mm. So they went through some wackiness, but uh, they had some good stuff. I used to, and, and the thing is, when you type in Amiga News, they're always right at the top. Yeah, and, were, and their archive is still up and available yeah, too. So. Yeah, so I'm sorry to see them go. I know that some people didn't like them. Uh, I, you know, I like everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we all and we all make mistakes too, except me. Ah, um, now the, here's on the good side of that though. Uh, Amiga.org is back up after Woo! being down for a while. Uh, I think I think they uh, migrated to new servers, and uh, which uh, uh, whatever that means. I just picture people carrying stuff like <laughs> there's a know, lot of you know when you do a portage across land. Mm-hmm. I just pe- people have servers on wagons. Absolutely, you know, and they're moving them. That's all. They're fjording the river, Oregon Trail style with the servers. That's behind. right. That's right. That's the way I figured. Mm-hmm. So good for them. They're because oh, of course those guys got to have them right. They're, they're way up there. Um, so let's talk about this uh, this nutty uh, gimmick here, the Checkmate A1500. Now, they had some sort of uh, live streaming uh, uh, doodad, which I didn't get to see. And I was trying like gangbusters to see it, but I didn't get to see it. Uh, they have the these uh, cases. I think we talked to these cases before where you could sort of... They, they're sort of like... Uh, I guess you'd call most like a Amiga 3000 or, or something like that, a little bit small or a little bit bigger than a 3000, a little bit smaller than 4000. But you could basically take your Amiga motherboard and stick it in these suckers. Right. You could also stick in PC motherboards, and you could also freaking put in Raspberry Pis on yeah. these things. So if you wanted to have, you know, your 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 the PC that you work on now, but put it into a retro styled case that constantly reminds you of your glory days with the Amiga. Yeah. The checkmate might be for you. Yeah. Well. The, the Checkmates also got, you know, this was that one that was sort of based on the old, old, incredibly old system hardware that was back and came out back in the day, uh, you know, which is, of course, we've talked about my love affair with uh, with the, a couple of these for the 1000 that I wanted desperately. This one looks good. I think it looks nice. I mean, Dave, you've got a gimmick where you can take your keyboard out and put it in a doodad, and they've got some nice angles. You know, hey, I, I like uh, and I like the ability to take old hardware, hardware and put it in something new. That you can actually get some use out of affect your bag. I like to be able to. I like to be able to take new hardware and put it in something old. You can do that. Yeah. In fact, I know where you can get a crap load of old Xbox cases if you want. <laughs> I, I can't know wait to stick stuff in there. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out what to do with these things. <laughs> now, the idea of putting a Raspberry Pi in something like this or a, an emulated a PC emulating Amiga stuff, not a bad idea. It looks Amiga like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm down. Uh, this I think they have check and see if they've. I think they've already hit their one of their. Early, are they are they close to their first? They goal? are just under half. Of yeah, their they first got goal. they just came up a little bit. I think they've got plenty. Yeah, of they've time. still got a month left. So, so. they're looking for a hundred large, and mm-hmm. they got forty one. They're going to get this. I think. I don't think you? so. I think so. Because I think this is a quality product. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you can get in. Scroll down. And say it's like one hundred fifty eight pounds. I believe is what they were looking. Is that what? Uh, yeah, one hundred fifty. One hundred fifty nine yeah. pounds. That yeah. gets you in the door mm-hmm. now. I did a check today, uh, and uh, right now the uh, U.S. dollar to pound it's about a buck thirty. But it's low, isn't it? That's crazy. I've I never know, seen it that I know. low. No, it's actually I looked to see when it was the lowest and the highest. But it not, it got down. It got down, you know, into the below a dollar twenty at some wow. point. So yeah. Uh, but uh, keep Brexiting, guys. We love to buy stuff from UK. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. Right now, if you're in the states, this is a you're in, you're in a good position to buy stuff uh, over in the UK. On the flip side. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that someone said that these things, that these case gimmicks, the 1500 Checkmate, when they originally, when they originally made these, I think they sold for 200 pounds. Really? And I'm talking back in the 80s yeah, or yeah. 90s, I should say. So, 
That's not a bad deal. I yeah. Think about it. now. I think these things are effectively a case. Mm-hmm. I don't, now I think you have to pay more money to get something to put the keyboard in and yada yada. But this thing has the ability. If you if you get some of the uh, added bonus goodies, it gives you extra stuff. That you oh can yeah, get. and so, they're always throwing in stuff on the different Kickstarter levels. And you know stuff how like that, that stuff so, goes. Yeah. But anyway, I, it's something I'm watching because I, I watched the original pitch for this and I was like, you know, this is it's, this might be something we could get into. I, I like it. Plus, if you got an Amiga 500. I mean, this really is a path forward right. in, in a lot of ways. It, and it, a lot of people have a 500, but I mean, those things are really tough to get to do anything with. Now you got something you can have some space to get some action in there. And something that's not, and it's easy on the eyes. That's right. Absolutely, Booster. Now, uh, this popped up on a, um, gosh, where did I get this thing? I can't remember. It was on AmigaNews.de, uh, which, <laughs> yes, I was, and it's in German, I believe. Is that German we're yeah, looking at? Yeah. I just thought it was funny, so I just linked it. It's a it's a, an Amiga ad. It's actually, excuse me, it's a it's a Commodore Vic Twenty ad mm-hmm. from Playboy back in the day. It just has Napoleon holding the. And I want to say, <laughs> actually, here's maybe you told. Actually, I learned this from you, so I'm about to tell you something you already know. I doubt. I, but yeah. the Vic Twenty was not called the Vic Twenty in Germany. That's right. You, you learned that on the yeah, on, <laughs> on the ARG, didn't yeah. you? The VC Twenty, right? right? And there it is. There I it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So kind of neat because Vic was, I believe, was a cuss word or something. Right. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some, uh, well, let's actually, there's a couple more non-site related news. So Duncan Styles, contributor Duncan, um, has posted this thing about uh, VR. Now, I have not got it. I just saw this today while I was at work. So I didn't get a chance to look at this thing. But he's got a video here. And according to what he's got written here, uh, it's not quite VR. But if you have the old style red and blue three glasses, here's a brand new OCS production oh for Spaceballs. So this is one of those deals you put on the old 3D glasses from the 80s, mm-hmm. which I have several sets of these things sitting around. And you can tell by just looking at this, this does look tripperoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I guess this is a demo someone put. i got to watch this now because I love those old 3D glasses. They were cool. Did you ever see movies in the old style 3D glasses? Unfortunately, I, I never have. What did, you, what did you see in the theater that, that featured I, those? In the theater, I never saw anything. Mm-hmm. But... but for a while, WSAZ, the local channel, got into showing some 3D movies. Really? And they even had a thing called Sniff Vision, too. They did that where they would, you could go to, like, Foodland and get a card. And it, when, it, when they flashed a number on the screen, you'd smell the sniff. And it, I believe the 3D movies I saw were, like, uh, 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 what was it? The Creature in the Black Lagoon mm-hmm. was one. Uh, I'm trying to think what the other one was. It might have been... I can't. There was another. Can you one. do black and white movies in 3D? Does that work? Listen, don't ask me, pal. I'm just telling you what they had up there. Okay. I was like super young mm. when I saw them, but uh, you know, you could also like. I saw Captain EO, and I don't think they had anything special glasses. Oh, those, I mean, they definitely were not the red and the blues. No, but there was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like current VR, right? You right. know, but that was kind of a letdown too, because well, it was just got a little weird. <laughs> have you ever seen that? I love Captain EO. I well, it was I mean, great. I don't. I don't know. I, I saw it at the right age. So. Our good buddy Pixels at Dawn mm-hmm. has uh, contributed this, and I think we saw this other place, uh, recreating the Amiga 1200 PCB from pictures. Uh, someone basically took pictures of the Amiga 1200 and, and of a blank uh, board and recreated it over the summer here, and apparently they've got it up and running, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's so, craziness. I have no idea. That is that is beyond my abilities as a human being to recreate a circuit board from pictures. Listen. Look Some, at that. Look what he's got going that on That crap there. right there, I couldn't <laughs> recreate. I don't know. 
This looks like something from like Frankenstein. Right. It's all kind of, look at this. What's going on here? I think he's building some cyborg. Man, don't, don't make that guy mad. Right. That was a side effect of the project. Oh, he's recreated human life. Holy smokes. That looks, anyway, it, we've got it linked out there if you want to watch it. You really should because it, it gets, it gets downright absolutely crazy. So let's talk about what we stuck up here uh, site-wise. Okay. I think I just cunningly closed all my windows. I did. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you've got it there. So yeah. w- let's talk about a- ARG Presents. Yeah. Uh, me and the, me and the, win- and the windbag uh, had a look this week on the Mattel Intellivision. Uh, uh, you know, I've got multiple Intellivisions, uh, as you may or may not know. I don't have the cool little mini. That one I'd like to have. Of all the minis, that's the one I'd like to have the most. I was the- very impressed. I did not know the extent of your Intellivision hardware collection, and I enjoyed seeing that on there. Oh, really? I like when you brought it all out. Yeah, uh, show and tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mini, though, like I said, of all the of all the minis, that you really need that one the most because without those controllers, you're boned. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to emulate these things. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you can emulate it, but without the little control pad, it loses a lot. And I think you've, me and you, have we played baseball on that before? I think I think we, the last time I was over at your house, we played the, the football game, which, which is, is intense. quite complex. Yeah, it's yeah. intense. But anyway, uh, we we picked a couple games, and I'll have to say, Brent, uh, I, I picked this 3D D&D game, uh, Treasures of Tarman, and I, I had to say, I couldn't believe how impressive this was. And Brent picked a motocross game. I was like, oh, motocross. This is going to be a dud. And it was awesome, too. It had its own physics engine. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Cool. So these are two games I would have never thought the Intellivision could pull off. Uh, in fact, I, well, I'll get into it later. But I was real, I was pretty impressed with the D&D game here, uh, given the time uh, it was made and what you could do in it. So uh, so anyway, we got that we got that on ARG. And uh, this coming ARG... Uh, should be real interesting because this was the fans' choice one. Ooh. So you'll you'll get to see us, and we just we did exactly what they wanted, and we're going to take some of their other choices and put on the wheel, including weird stuff like the FM Towns Marty, which is a uh, that's gonna I'm gonna then I get to go to find go around trying to find the ISOs for, but I think I found some. It's so a we'll, never ending buffet of retro games. Well, you know we 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 give the people what they want, you know, because we're we're the common man show. So, uh, next on the docket from local news. Now, we've got some dream catcher action here. Uh, <laughs> to say, this one, <laughs> much like Daniel down below who commented on this about 20 times, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at when I first looked this up. Uh, this is a dream catcher has brought us a video on extreme violence. Which is a, apparently a PD game on the Amiga. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this one? No. Uh, and he's got a censored thing up here. So really, it's more like it just. A, I don't think there's any video at all. Uh, I think it's just like a, a speech or mm-hmm. what you want. A monologue. That's right. A very good vote. And and uh, uh, Streamcatcher. He's always got. He every time you think he's got. You've seen all the angles. He comes up with another one. Uh, do you recall? Uh, uh, I think it was like last week. He did a crazy video on Banana Islands. Which was sort of like Rainbow Islands, but with nanners. Right. And weirder. Right. Apparently, he got a lot of feedback on that, which I did see quite a bit. Anyway, he's got a rebuttal or a a response video up for that. So if you want to uh, have a go at that, uh, that's linked up as well. Uh, uh, that was a, that garnered a lot of interest, and like I said, a lot of people probably like me had no idea what in the God's name this was. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. I had I did not know this game existed. Listen, I know I know the term is overused, but that, my friend, is wacky. It is. Uh, so let's see. I think we've covered it all, Bo. Did I miss anything there? I, I think, think we, you got it. I think we dug through everything and uh, uh, and came out on the other side. So uh, a lot of good news coming out, and I've seen some 
uh, previews of some uh, games in the making. You know, that gimmick. Mm-hmm. I usually don't cover that sort of thing. But I would wager it's going to be a, a very good winter in terms of uh, new releases. New, new goods, new goodies. Yeah. What do you got? You think we should? Um, you think we should come up with a catchy name for the Amiga News section, like A News? No, because that sounds a lot like anus. Mm, I would go with that. Yeah, but uh, that's like saying butt news. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> we don't want to be associated with that. What do you think about when when British people call the Amiga the Miggy? I'm okay with it. To me, I always just picture Ziggy, like Ziggy using a computer. Well. If I, I see Ziggy using a TI, I'll be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I can't help myself. I think I think it's what I see him do, using. Hmm. TI, because Ziggy's got, he's got nowhere to be. That's true. I can just see him playing Hunt the Wampus and just kind of shaking his head. Like, Making some comment about how he hates uh, Mondays. The little cloud, like that's that. Garfield. Yeah, but... The little clouds over top of him, just straining on him. He's just like, well, I missed the Wampus again. Yeah. Not not that there's anything wrong with TI, I'm just... That's that's I don't know why that's the first thing that pops into my head when I think about Ziggy. This is the only kind of insight that you get on Amigos. Yeah, you this, only get it here. This is that Woody banner we're known for. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about the Spirits Legacy, Aaron? Hold on. Yes. Take a deep breath. Yes, I'm ready. Close your eyes and prepare to enter the world of of the of the th- <laughs> the thing that this thing. is. This, you know, I'll tell you one thing off the bat. I could not remember the name of this game to save my life. I had to look at it. And I played it. And I was like over and over. I kept wanting to call it anything I could think of. <laughs> well, the spherical, this day. I couldn't. You know, it was like because this spirits isn't even a word. I don't know what that is. So, the Spirits Legacy boat. Well, this was a game select. Uh, what was it? What do you call Amigos these? Game Amigos? Selection Committee that's right, selection? That's right. So, you know. Uh, full disclosure before we begin as you know I'm not the biggest fan of these sorts of games I think that's well documented that much that much said I did not because I do it do it for the people you do I sat down and gave this game hours of my time alright now what I'm about to tell you in terms of my look at this game is from as far as I got in the allotted time all right. I am no master of this series of games. And from what I've read and what I've researched, this game does not, and I can tell you this firsthand, this game doesn't hold your hand or tutor you along in your experience. It pretty much says, good luck, jerk, kicks you in the butt, and then you, and you just kind of try to figure out what the hell's happening. Right. So bear that in mind, because I did not get what I would consider very far in terms of game-wise, time-wise, I was in there for a good while, mm-hmm. but game-wise... And I couldn't find any save games on this either. So I was pretty much boned. And I watched some videos, but it'll only take you so far. So just, there you go. But I did, I spent a lot of time on this, and I'll explain why later. So, Spirits Legacy. Uh, this came out in 95-ish, late 95, 96 for the AGA, and then eventually they released a CD32 version of this game. Um, four big discs uh, for this one. Developed by uh, an outfit called uh, Binary Emotions, mm-hmm. and we'll get into them in a little bit. They're really their only other release was a game called Minsky's Furballs, which I believe we referenced a couple weeks ago. But I don't, don't remember why. I've never heard that title. Yeah, we've, I, we that's come up somewhere. Okay. Uh, published by Ocean and 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 uh, World and Team Seventeen, the Double Troubles, a so Team Seventeen, which we'll get into that later too. One player game and. Uh, 
this was an AGA game or a CD32 game. They did not have any other versions, which we'll explain why shortly. Uh, so let's go back a little bit before we actually talk about the game, because I think the story of this game's existence is even more fascinating than the game itself. All right. So flashback to the 1995, 1994. Okay. You're, you're an Amiga publisher. And you see a dark, desolate landscape out there, don't you? Mm -hmm. You can tell it's going south on you. Because even the CD32, but this time been out for a couple years. Was not setting the world on fire. Yeah, you're, you're, you're maybe screwed. <clears throat> so, Team 17 was working on a game, okay? And uh, I believe it was called Witchwood, okay? Which was sort of a... Uh, 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 yes, it was Witchwood. So it was sort of a role-playing game, I, let's say, in the, which I've never seen this, and I don't, I've not seen video, I don't know if it exists. They were having trouble with it, and it was, it was sort of in the same vein as this game. Uh, but they were, had spent too much money on it. They were in a, in a bad way. As a, as a publishing house, as a developer, they were in deep trouble. And so they were looking for something. All right. So along comes uh, the fellows over here, that are making uh, the Spears Legacy. Now, amazingly, from what I read, this game almost didn't make it either because they basically had almost given up hope of producing this game for sort of the same reasons. Binary Emotions was literally a, a, a sort of a mom and pop joy. It's actually two brothers, Ian and Andy Jolly. Okay, the Jolly Boys, and a lot of places when you, which I love that. Oh yeah. When you look up, um, when you look up things about this game, some people just say developed by the Jolly Brothers. Okay. I wish they'd call them the Jolly. They Boys. should have. Yeah. That's better than Binary Emotions. Uh, they had uh, 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 their friend uh, Clint or Clive McKinnon, who was a programmer. Right. Uh, they did the, most of the music. They brought a couple guys in. They had a guy named Phil Butcher who came in to help with game design and stuff. So this was the group. Again, this is sort of your your. You know, it's the same British thing. You get a few guys together, let's make a game. It's a very, very, always very small teams. Right. So they went to work on this Spirits Legacy. And um, they were working on it and they working on it. And they weren't sure they are going to get anybody to, to publish it. Well, they were, Team 17 and them came together at the exact right time. Team 17 needed something to, to put in the spot that they expected Witchwood to be in. And these guys had the game to, to do it. <clears throat> so they, they paid these guys 4,000 pounds up front and said, you know, let's get it done. Now, I get these numbers from an interview with uh, Galahad slash FLT. Now, we've heard of this guy before. He was a, uh, one of the big guys on the scene, and among other things. He was, he, in this case, what he did, he was sort of a jack-of-all-trades, but one of the things he did on this game and a few others was he added the copy protection to it. That was mm. his game. I guess when you know how to bust it, you know how to make the super good stuff. He said, he mentions, by the way, uh, and this came right out of, I think it was EAB, uh, that... Uh, uh, the copy protection he made for this game wasn't used because they couldn't duplicate it <laughs> to, to make the game copies. Wow, it's too good. He also mentions that he wrote some of the music. All these guys worked on music. Uh, uh, and uh, another fellow called Ian Ford also worked on the music. So they got this 4,000-pound advance, and they put out the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and, so, and Team 17 was happy. Everybody was happy. So they put out the game. Well, right about the same time they put this out, Team 17 released another game, all right? Because if you look at what they released, Team 17's last few games 
uh, were were uh, uh, they did they did a three uh, D what was the the uh, their uh, alien breed alien breed 3D. right mm -hmm. they did that and they needed a game to fill in there and then they did worms mm -hmm. and worms came out right about the same time as this did and worms was a massive hit right massive and the last big hit the Amiga ever had mm -hmm. let's be realistic and unfortunately. According to a couple of the guys that, that were at you know that worked on this game, they put all their bread behind that. Spirit's Legacy didn't get a whole lot of jack, and it just sort of failed. Yeah. Um, and they never made a dime over the advance, and they said the game barely made back the advance. Wow. So it was pretty much an abysmal failure. Well, I mean, it wasn't abysmal. I guess it was a failure. It didn't make anyone any money. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And and at that point, you've got uh, these guys only had done this Minsky's thing and this, and that that was pretty much they were done. They were done. Uh, so, uh, but the amount of money that Worms made Team Seventeen pretty much kept them afloat. They paid off this because they were in trouble. Mm -hmm. They made enough money and they cruised on out of the Amiga, and then the rest is history. They're still around today. And just an FYI, I just had to be doing some research for the show. Uh, uh, Team Seventeen has just went public. Really? Yeah. Uh, in fact, it, it just happened this year, uh, which is who knew, right? Well, who'd have thunk that? Uh, and they valued their they valued their uh, 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 they valued the company at like uh, gosh, it was like a couple hundred million dollars. I mean, it was. I mean, so they and I think they did okay on the mm -hmm. on the offering. So hmm. good for them. Yeah, right. I'm surprised that there wasn't a news story about that in the old Amiga news. Right, section. right. So. Then we ran into another problem, and this is all going to make sense once we when we talk about the game. This is an AGA game, okay? They had planned on making uh, an OCS ECS game to release because there are a lot of five thousand five hundreds out there, right? Well, would you say would you say that the number of uh, OCS ECS machines to AGA machines was something like ten to one? I want to say that's right, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just it's got to be a lot. Yeah. So, these guys got to work. Well, and these guys, if you've got a 500 in, in 96, you're probably dying for mm -hmm. something, you know? Well, they, made, they already had the AGA version. They were going to basically retrofit it, all right? Well, they realized something. And this, and this is, again, same, same fellow I saw posting before, Galahad. They realized that the amount of work it takes to, to basically go backwards is unbelievably difficult. Hmm. Um, the... Uh, Basically, by the time they got around to a, a feasibility study for the conversion, they would have had to have removed so much stuff because the levels were so big, there'd be so much loading, that they would basically effectively have to completely redo the entire game. Oh, I mean, a complete uh, do-over. So I bet um, a lot of these games that were both OCS, ECS were built in the opposite direction. I'd then. say almost every single one. Mm -hmm. But and, and this right here, I sort of thought that anyway, because if you see a lot of these games, the AG version is slightly better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's oh, not, that's nice. Yeah. It's more colorful. But they really don't do a, there's not a huge difference usually. Mm -hmm. You know, so this one, and you wouldn't think that on this one, but this one's colorful. But, but I mean, it's. It, it must have had more to do with the size of the levels yeah. and things like yeah. that. So, with that backdrop in mind, uh, let's talk about this game. Because I think this game bears the scars of its birth. Uh, it came, it was a very <laughs> tumultuous birth, if you will. So, what is. Uh, the the uh, Spirits Legacy. You forgot the name again. I just you? want to make sure. Listen, <laughs> I don't remember the last time when I got that name wrong with that character. We don't want to go down that road again. So it was a flood. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
Um, this is an adventure game that starts out with a about four or five hours of text that you've got to read. Mm-hmm. Not really. It takes you. I mean, it's probably ten minutes of text. It's probably. a long time. Uh, I'm. I don't. I played. Did you? Which version did you play this? I guess I should ask. I played the AGA version. I did too. Well, I, I played a little bit of both just to see if there was any difference. Well, well I was going to ask you. I know the music's different on this on the CD version. Was did, there was did, no difference? Was in there the any CD odd? Did they music? read that text or anything at the beginning? No. no okay. And the music wasn't different either. Oh, I'd read that the music was di- was enhanced on the CD version. I think people always say that, and they never actually Don't know. do it. So, any, so you read this text, and the story of this text. I'm going to summarize this. Uh, uh, basically, you are you are a guy who's friends with the the crown prince, okay, of this kingdom, the kingdom of Spirits, and the crown prince's brother gets caught. Doing some dark magic in like the basement of the castle. All right, the king says, "No, no, you're gone." He banishes this kid from the kingdom, and he tells his son to go out and find him, get his buddy to be basically second in line for the throne. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if this has ever happened in the history of kingdoms. I don't know. It probably has. So, and that's you. So suddenly you wake up and hey. I'm the, you know, prince in waiting or whatever. Your name I'm, is Cho. Cho. Like Margaret. <laughs> God, of all the... Oh, no. I didn't think of that. So, you're Cho, like Boat said, and you realize, okay, I'm going to be... I'm the, I don't know what you would call that, the crown prince in waiting. Let's go there. So, anyway, guess what happens? The, they burn your... Fr- I believe they burn your friend. They kill your buddy. I, don't, I believe he was burned. If mm. I'm not, if I, do you remember the? I don't remember this part. Gonna... Where he, he got killed. Okay. And and the, his evil brother killed him. So suddenly you're the crown prince. You know, you're like, holy crap. Right. So your Cho decides to be proactive. He's going to get up. He's going to find this evil brother, and he's going to deal with this sucker old school. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you pick up the next day in in your house. You wake up out of bed, and then you're you're ready to go. And so you're ready to go, except you're absolutely unprepared to well, do well, anything. Wait, 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 a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, so you 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 wake up in your room. Your friend has just been killed. Right? You're the crown prince. Um. And so you would think to yourself, so in in real life, what would you do in this case? You would probably get some guys. You would go to where the sucker lives, mm-hmm. and you would just beat the tar out of him and arrest him, right? right. Or, or worst case, let's say you no one liked you, you would at least get a bunch of weapons, mm-hmm. maybe some dogs, mm-hmm. and go in. So this is where it gets a little fuzzy for me because, as far as I got, you just sort of wandered around. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't really see. It was not proactive in terms of the mission. I mean, you and and so at the beginning of this, you get up now. Let's go ahead and just get the elephant in the room out of the way. Someone saw one of these Zelda games, and you can tell me which one it mostly resembles. Boat. It's the link, a link to the past. Link to the past. That's the Super Nintendo yeah. one, right? Someone watched this and said, "Hey, we can do that," mm-hmm. and they did it. Uh, and this is very similar. You've got a, it, the, the land is very childy and cutie. Mm-hmm. The uh, the there's all kinds of. Uh, Cutie little houses. The dialogues, I guess, sort of cutie uh, in a way, and the monsters are cutie, and they're and very Japanesey looking, or an Amer- or a British guy's attempt to right. be Japanese. I think that's key. And and so uh, you're tasked with, you know, 
something. That's and this is one of the problems of the game. Now I, you're more of a Zelda fan. I mean, I'm going to go to you here in a second about this, but the first the first thing that I, I noticed in this game is that um, you wake up, you're in your room, and you really have no idea what to do. You know you're mad. Mm -hmm. So I got up and walked around, and someone said, you need to get a sword. Makes sense, all right? And so I walked around looking for a sword, and I talked to everybody. This game has some interesting gimmicks. Uh, it's, it supports one, two, or four buttons, which is nice if you have the uh, c 32 No, I play with two buttons, mm -hmm. believe it or not, because I use the keyboard to go through my inventory. Uh, and you, but it's one of these games where you go up, you talk to the townspeople. Now, one of the things I did like that I've not seen in all games is when you go up to them, there's a little like icon on the screen. It looks like a little, like a little like talk bubble. And then when you hit your button, it's, you're going to talk to the people. And it's the usual shtick. You uh, have a, a couple questions you can ask them, and if, as you ask the questions, they answer, and that goes away. And eventually, the last thing it's got is like, "Okay, I'm out of here," mm -hmm. and, you, and you say goodbye. It's very um, you, you get one of the things that's different about this game than the Zelda games is that every single conversation there are multiple conversation options, almost like an adventure game, right? Which I, I, I thought that was cool. However, what's not cool about it is that you get one shot to remember what all these people say, and then you never hear them speak again. Yeah, you know, in in every single role playing game or you know a Zelda game, if you talk to somebody and then you stop talking to them and you go somewhere else, you can return to them and engage in that same conversation before. Because oftentimes, what they tell you is important. In this game, you talk to them one time, and once you see that response on the screen and it goes away, it's gone forever. That that uh, well, that's a mixed bag. And first of all, I have no memory. So if they said something important, I'd have been boned. Okay, I'll admit that. The only good thing... <laughs> I guess the good thing is that they the never good, say anything no, The only important, good thing so. is whenever you walk up to someone and there's no options, you're like, okay, I've talked to this guy. Yeah. Move it on. That's true. That's you true. Know, that's the only thing I could say that was good mm -hmm. about that. So you wander around. Eventually, I found the king. You go to right. his castle. Mm -hmm. The guards are like, the king wants to talk to you. The chambermaid's like, the king can't wait to talk to you. So you go up to talk to the king. And the king basically says, like, yep, it's the ball's in your court. You're the man. And your guy's like, oh, where's I need some weapons and armies. Like, I oh, just take what you want from the village. What? He doesn't give you anything. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't help you. Did the king help you in any way? Not in any Not way whatsoever. Bit. And you talk to the guard, just like, well, well, once you finish talking to them, they're done talking to you anyway. Yeah. Bone. So, at that point, it was time to find the sword. I knew the sword was important. Okay. Now, uh, uh, I had been tipped off that you need the sword. Okay, uh, um, from something I read, you need to have a sword. So okay. I knew mm -hmm. that the first thing I need to do is go out and find this sword. Right. Okay. I looked for a sword for like at least an hour mm -hmm. to try to find the sword. An hour went by, and I was, and I, because I wanted to be a fair man, and so I didn't watch any videos or read any cheats. I finally got so frustrated that I had to watch someone find the sword to find it. I would have never found the sword. The sword is in not even a place you can see. You right. just go behind this in this shady area and it just sort of disappears. So let's contrast this with The Legend of Zelda, where the okay, let's look at the first game in the NES. You the game opens, you see a cave in the upper left corner of the screen. You go into the cave, there's an old man that says, Take this, you'll need it, and you get your sword. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> they were motivated to have you work for it. Okay. Now, I did come across a guy that said there's a secret door in the side of the castle. See, I, I never saw that he guy. He was on the right-hand side. He was in, like, a dark cloak, okay? Mm. So, 
I saw that guy before I watched the video, but I didn't realize that there were doors in this strip of area where the right, sword was. Right, because there's no outward sign that right. that would be a door. Because there are, there are buildings all over town that you could go in. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything in them that I can find, but you can go in there. Right. You know, and so I was looking for an actual door. And honestly, I didn't know there was even a place you could walk on. So that was something now. Listen, I'm not skilled at these games, so I'm not going to bury that. But once I had so much trouble and found the sword, I went and started reading, and a lot of people have had trouble finding the sword. So yeah. it's not just me. Okay. So can I say, can I talk a little bit? Jump right in, because you're right. getting near the point where I can say much. All right. So you go through all of this rigmarole to get the sword. You finally have got the sword, and you're like, yes, I'm ready to go out adventuring. So you try and leave, and they're like, you can't leave yet. You need the shield. Yes. Okay. I got that. So... You start looking around town. You see these signs that say, or you find out that the shield is in the maze. Somebody tells you that. And so you see these signs that say, down, the maze. And yes. so you're walking around town. You go, you explore all the southern part of the village. There is no maze. I thought at first, you know, the, the area where the girl's like crying. Mm -hmm. And I thought right. that was the maze. I thought that first. was the maze too. I was like, man, is this the maze? This is a crap maze. <laughs> right, you know? right. So go ahead. So I was in the same boat. You 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 travel, you go along, you go along, and then you see this this place where, you know, the road kind of runs into a wall, okay? Now, if you are if you've played any of the Zelda games before, you kind of have an idea of what certain items can do and what certain items can't do. And your sword cannot be used to knock down walls in The Legend of Zelda. So it never occurred to me, and maybe that's the fault of me for only being familiar with the Zelda games, to hack away at this stone wall with my sword to reveal the doorway that leads to the maze. Yes. It seems like this game is, is kind of badly front-loaded with, uh, with too many obscure puzzles. Because then once you get into the maze... It's a maze, you know? You've not yet left the village to embark on your adventure, and you've already had several tedious quests to complete. The, it's, here's something that's, that will stun and amaze you. Right. I was four... I was, at this point, once I got the sword, I was like, okay, is this how we're going to be a game? So I looked for the maze, just like you did. I came down, I saw where the road ended... And since I've never played Zelda, you just you were, I just hacked a hole in the wall. That's great. And so I was I actually got down into the maze pretty quick mm -hmm. after I found the sword. Now the maze took some negotiating because it is it's got a bunch of teleporters mm -hmm. in it that you have to use in sequence to get to the end of the maze. Right. Uh, and that w I, and also that's where you sort of learn how combat works. Mm -hmm. And combat is sort of well, at least a I know in Zelda, don't you get? Then you sort of like have a can shoot something. Yes, and in this game it can too, except for the fact that I never figured out how to do it. Because when I watched a video of a guy playing it, he was shooting that sword like nobody's business. Uh -huh. I would try because what you you you've got your you've got your sword meter down there in the middle, yeah. and you hold the button, you watch it charge all the way up, but then when you release it, nothing happens. I think you have to get like another weapon or a gimmick for the uh, sword. Okay. Okay. Now I will say one thing: we didn't. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, this. This game is a direct copy of so many things from the Zelda UI all the way down to having two item slots in the upper left corner of the screen where you can hold an object and you can hold your weapon. Um, you don't have experience points in Zelda because it's not a role-playing game. Your opinion. Um, the uh, but you do have you know and instead of having a uh, you, your hearts like you have in Zelda, you've got a vitality meter. Um, 
there are no penalties for dying as far as losing stuff. Like, you don't lose... As far as I can tell, you don't lose any items. In fact, when I beat the maze, the first thing that I did was kill myself just so I could get back to the village quickly because I didn't ah, want to fight ah, my way ah, back well, to I wish I thought thing. of that. Yeah. Um, you collect gems... Um, and these gems are used as store currency. Uh, however, you you travel pretty far into the. I mean, you're you're well into the first area outside of the opening village. It would have been nice if they would have put a store in the opening village just so you knew what to look for, but yeah. they didn't. I didn't get to a store. I didn't yeah. get that far. Yeah. Um, you've got bombs. I think there was an error in Win UAE because I could not figure out how to okay, use the bombs. Okay, I read on this. Okay. You have to have a tinder box to use the bombs. Oh. I read this one because okay. I was in the same boat and I was getting irritated because I wanted to blow some crap up Because you can select it. You can select it, but it, nothing happens. Yeah, you get that. It was almost, it reminded me of the Intellivision show. It's an abrasive sound. Mm-hmm. It's like you, the dumb guy sound. Right, right. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, um, you know, you, you, you've got a score for reasons that are only apparent to the developers of the game. It means it means nothing. It's, this is not a game that you're going to compete for a high score list. Um. <laughs> But uh, you—it's funny. I didn't even notice the score up there. I never yeah. even looked at it once. Um, one thing that was was irritating to me. Now, did you play this on the real hardware? No, and I'll tell you why. And that probably—I'm sure I could have ran it. And by the way, this—I saw people selling this in the U.S., so I'm assuming they had a U.S. release. But I knew I know how these games are, and I knew I was like, I'm going to need a lot of save states. So I didn't even for once I didn't even go to the original hardware. I went right to uh, using. Uh, Emulation, I and I use uh, the uh, Cloanto Amiga Forever software because it's got a nice thing where you can just record over and over. And I was recording every every time because these battles were kind of tough mm-hmm. for me. I don't know about you because you had to kind of get close up, mm-hmm. and so I would get killed a lot. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just we're going to record these over and over and over. That's what I did. So that's how you were, I got you were using save states. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the I was having major issues with the graphical display using um, FSUAE. I would, for whatever reason, every once in a while, the screen would <laughs> zoom in unexpectedly, and I would lose the score area, nah. and I would lose the bottom part of the screen. Hmm. And I read up on this and on a, in something on EAB, and they said that it has to do with the what the the fact that the game actually draws outside what the Amiga thinks should be the visible window. Hmm. Um, and that, you know, on the original hardware, the Amiga, it, it, it deals with it. But with emulators, sometimes it doesn't. I did notice some odd, I don't remember ever losing the ability to see my stuff, but I did see some weird screen switches on there occasionally. So I'm guessing that's sort of what you're talking mm-hmm. about there. Yeah, so just be be warned that that might be something that happens to you. The uh, um, What did you think about the... Uh, what did you use for your controls again? On I use a, you know, I use the, my, my trusty PS4 controller. Uh, so I you, use a two button. Two, that's exactly mm-hmm. yeah. So you, yeah. So I, that's what I did. It seemed okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any trouble with the controls for the most part. Uh, this game has what? Now it's funny because I've heard several different people. In fact, I read some of the interview uh, reviews. It talked about how horrible the music is. I thought the music was pleasant. Yeah. I didn't get real annoyed by it. It switches whenever you go to like a different map mm-hmm. scene or whatever. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, th- I didn't have any problems with it. I, uh, um, I think the gra- graphically, I saw a lot of people complaining about the graphics. I thought, <coughs> I mean, 
what are we doing here? It's a Zelda clone, mm -hmm. right? It looks a lot like Zelda to right. me. Now, you played Zelda more than me. Does it look like a crummier version? Because to me, it looks nice and colorful. There's lots yeah. of beautiful colors. This looks like a great Amiga title from 1991, which is the year Ooh, that Zelda came out. Look at you. Um, this, uh, this cannot compare to one of the later Super Nintendo <laughs> releases that came out. For example, by this point, uh, Final Fantasy III had already come out and Chrono Trigger. And these are, you know, beautiful, beautiful games. But at the same time, this is a very, very small team. One person did all of the art. You know, yeah. in Japan, they've got a whole team of guys going to work on stuff like this. Um, you can't compare the efforts of a huge company like Square versus the Jolly Boys and their buddy from school, you know? You know, listen, I would love to just sit here and smash this because it's not my type of game. But trying to be uh, someone that looks steps outside the box here, steps in someone else's shoes. If role, Japanese role-playing stuff is your bag, that's what makes this game, it makes it sad for me. Because the game has, it looks like it's got good bones. You know, I mean, the, it looks nice, mm -hmm. and it scrolls nicely. I it thought, you know, that the dialogue is... Odd? Oh, no, no, no. Now, see, you know, we didn't get there yet. Okay. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. You don't I, think the dialogue is odd? Oh, no, it's odd. Because that's you, what I said. But yeah, but you were you were like, it just sounded like you were going to give it the kind of the thumbs up. Well, you'll up. never know because you interrupted. Oh, I'm sorry. Please go ahead. The dialogue. Anyway. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. So <laughs> what I was going to say is that the dialogue is odd and it's it can be a little off-putting, but what I tried to put myself in the frame of mind is, is maybe they're just trying to like camp it up or something like that. And again, it's it's sort of like that urban yeti, you know, that was supposed to be oh, camp too, but it was yeah, it was bad. You did not like the dialogue. I watched what I got as far as I could get. I watched some people play mm -hmm. cuz I'd heard some stuff. Uh, I don't know who came up with this wacky tale, but man, it's no good. And I, I knew right away there's a thing in movies. If you see a movie and it opens up with you having to read <laughs> More than a couple lines, you got a bad movie. You, you Although, hate Star it's Wars. Very rarely, well, I was going to say it's very rarely. Are you going to come up on something where you have to read like a, a, ten minutes of dialogue? Yeah. This game has an opening. And by the way, this is '96. We can't get a sucker to read this dialogue. You can't do something to you know. It shows another thing that I thought was strange is it shows this sort of a, a aerial kind of a ray trace right. version. Of the you kingdom. know what my theory is. Up in the loft, one of these guys had a model train set. And they said, let's ray trace this sucker, and we'll put that in the game. Well, but why not just use the game graphics? Because I thought that looked, it, for one thing, it dated it. And yeah. it, secondly, it looked out it, of play. It doesn't look anything like the graphics in the game. And to be frank, I think the game graphics look better I than do that too. Model. I mean, yeah. it's more pleasing. The, the cover for this game has a guy on it. It looks sort of like Bowie from Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. So it reminds yeah, me sort of. Sort of legoless. But your guy, and this is something else I read quite a bit, and I... I He's kind of pudgy. He's wearing this dumpy robe, too, does. that doesn't he, help him. He, he it's not like flattering. He chose a dork. Yeah. You know, and we're going to a lot of dorks in the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the dialogue, I had read this game is sort of infamous with the people that have played it for the fact that it's that with so many misspellings. Mm. And there are tons of them. Mm. I just love to, I'm, not a spell, I'm not one of these guys that's, uh, that's got a spelling troll yet. But right. I mean, this is a game that you don't get to update. You gotta, for God's sakes, how are you getting that through? You can't mm -hmm. check all the spellings. The story is goofy. I read some reviews that, and where the guys had went in deeper, and they were talking about some of the puzzles. And they were in there. You could never. I don't know how you could ever beat the game. It mm -hmm. seems so crazy and 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 and, and uh, discombobulated. I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, now, 
All that aside, and clearly you got further than me, so I'm going to defer to you here in a moment, but I can only speak for the parts as far as I got. Uh, is this the worst game of this genre? Heck no. I didn't see a ton of difference between this and your the Super Nintendo games. Now, before you kill me, I haven't played those that many, and I know you're going to see all kinds of stuff that's much worse, but to me, it seemed pretty close. I thought with the dialogue they were maybe trying to do a little uh, all your bases belong to us sort of a play on mm-hmm. it, you know, like this was a Japanese tale we translated but not really. Right. Maybe we're overthinking it. I think we might be overthinking it. We might be, but case. I mean, I'm not the first person to say that. Uh, but uh, I, I liked some aspects. The, te- the, 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 the dialogue tree was cool, except for the not being able to see what you talked about. And I didn't think about it, but you're right. If you if you don't have access to that information, and you forget it. You're yeah. sort of screwed. When we're watching, I'm watching the video right now. This is like, how do I beat this boss? And he tells you exactly how to do it. Well, I hope you wrote it down because yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not coming no, back. No kid, God, I never would have thought of that. And you're right though. I didn't notice that once you talked to it once, it never it was gone. But mm-hmm. I used it to help me. It's like, okay, I've been this way. It's like a checklist, you know. And there, and, and there's uh, there's all kinds of houses if you can go to. But I really, I couldn't figure out how to get hardly anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wandering around. Right, you know, especially when you don't know what you're doing. It's right, just, and so when when you're like me, who I want something to happen. So when you wander around the whole time, nothing. I mean, I wandered around for like a good solid hour, trying to figure out what was going on and play fair. Uh, it's frustrating, yeah. and I can see where a lot of people would get frustrated very quickly with this game, just because it doesn't give you a lot of direction. Now, go on. I don't like. I, you know, I would compare this to there were there were plenty of Zelda-like games for the Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, most of which were terrible. Oh. and I would rank this right up there with sort of the the, the second or third tier wannabe titles that are they're trying to cash in on on the success of Zelda. Can you name a couple of those? Just off the top of your head? There was a Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, that was not very good. There was a King Arthur game, or maybe a Merlin game right. that was like that. Um, and they all sort of share those same kind of, you know, you're collecting different items and things. Um, what this game, this game stood out to me because, like you said, the bones of it are sound. For example, when you when you show up in the village in the beginning, like the village is cool. It seems, you know, populated. There's lots of people to talk to. But you go into these houses thinking that each one of these houses, there's going to be something special about it. There's absolutely nothing in there. And there's, there's nobody in there to talk to. There's no reason for it to exist. You it know, looks all good, these, though. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be cool if one of those places was an inn, and this is where you can stay and recover your life. You know, like a real role-playing game or something like that. Could you recover your life in this? Um you know, that's a great question. I want to say that there's probably hearts or something that you can collect. I can't remember that. I've never got anything but the diamonds as, as, I, as far as I got, at least as far as I got into it. Yeah, I can't remember. And I never that. got more than one diamond. Did you ever get like, because it says oh, like yeah. diamond times, no, I mean at once. Oh, no, no. You always get one at a time. Why does it say diamond times one? Can you? I thought maybe you could get like diamond times five, diamond times ten. I think that's just telling you you got one diamond. Oh, okay. But, um, My bad. But, you know, you get all these diamonds at the beginning of the game. Nothing tells you what these are used for you look in the book and they're like we use this in stores you're like okay where's the store um it would have been nice if they would have given you you know you raid the village for all these goodies but most of the goodies that you get are these diamonds that can't help you until you get further into the game um i only made it i made it through the first village you know it's it's a weird sort of thing too because in a game like zelda this is really not this is more like zelda 2 
where are you familiar with the second Zelda is game? The side scrolling. Yes, one? I like that one. Um, because in that game you have an overworld where you move around from area to area and yeah. then you go into the action. Uh, that 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 is like this game. So you you get out of the village and you go to the next area. The next area looks like a town, but it's got it's got monsters in it too. So you never really are in an area where you feel completely safe. Um, I thought that the combat in this was was sorely unfair. Um, you know, you have some enemies that are just kind of dotter around and don't care if you know if you live or die. Then you've got enemies like the ghosts, which aren't really that harmful themselves, but they have homing bullets that come straight to you. And it doesn't make any sense why a ghost would fire those things at you in the first place. It's just like your generic monster 101 sort of thing. Some, something else I noticed is that when you hit the teleporters. You can teleport, and there's a guy directly beside you. And the second you get there, he's just, just he's on you. you. Yeah. Um, another weird thing, you know, that you've got a shield and a sword, just like Zelda. As long as you've got the shield, like in your possession, you take less damage. But it's not like Zelda, where it was really cool when you have the shield and somebody's throwing a projectile at you, like in Link to the Past. If you've got an enemy archer that fires at you, you hold the shield in your other hand, and it bounces off. You see the shield. In this game, you don't see the shield. They couldn't redraw your sprite. They they couldn't be bothered. You know, to have this, you know, be holding the shield. So I thought that was lazy. Um, overall, this is something worth playing if you're an Amiga aficionado because I don't know how many Zelda-like games there are for the system. It's a late release. Like you said, I'm sure that a lot of Amiga owners were glad to get anything in 96. So it's it's sort of worthwhile because of that. But unless you're a real, real big fan, I would not seek this out in physical form, you know, emulate it or uh, just watch, watch, a, watch a Let's Play video of it. It's like Dumb Guy Zelda. We need the the dudes that go back and re and uh, and fix the games. Remember, they always they, they just did Wonder Boy, I believe. We need someone to come in here and just sweep the dialogue completely clean, and see if you can use the engine to make yeah. something. Special. Like you said, the engine is sound, and it's a very impressive effort. You know, I try not to lose sight of the fact that it was just four guys. That's that the thing. This. It's a it, it's a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much the troubled birth of this game uh, gave way to what we've got. Yeah, I don't know how much. How, how tight a schedule they were on. And I think that if they would have built this from the ground up as an ECS OCS game, they would have been so much better off because even though, you know, the, maybe they, they would have had to make the level smaller, but as far as the colors go and things like that, like yeah. I'm not seeing anything here that they, they, the 500 couldn't do other than some of the gradients in the sky and things like I that. I assume it would be the memory and whatnot for the levels, like yeah. you said, in the low. Yeah. Let me ask you one quick question. Does this prove that the Amiga, even the Amiga 500, even even the 1000, could have done a Zelda in 91? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they would have had Square, or I'm not Square, sorry, if they would have had, you know, the developers at Nintendo. The capability. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, 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 and that's one thing that makes this game sort of fun. It's a what could have been, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that makes it neat. I'm glad it exists. Uh, you know, it's sort of like Great Guyana Sisters. You know, hey, we could do a Mario. Here it is. Was well, it not? Is it as good as Mario? No, but they did it. You know, and this is the same thing. They th- this is something that you can say, hey, we could have done this, and maybe someday we'll see someone go out there and really give it the shot and try to you know pick up the uh, reins. One thing that reminded me, I wanted to mention before we move on. Uh, there was word on the street of a sequel to this mm, game. Did you hear anything about no. this? No. Oh yes. Uh, so. Um, the the uh, there was a guy that this is what this is from the company okay I read this uh, on a uh, on a forum I think and this is from the, this is from the guys that made the comp uh, the game and this is some of the stuff that they wanted to improve all right uh, a twisting plot 
the choice of strategy or arcade type combat, more flexibility of weapons, possible multiplayer, a simplified text interface, uh, multi-language, stronger multi-thread puzzles, meaningful sub-games, <laughs> smaller levels, but overall more locations to visit, subtler background music, AGA and ECS in the same package, uh, more help and clues available, and a full character stat system. All those sound like great ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they were even looking for people. This is from Ian Jolly, by the way. At the time, they were looking for people. They were looking for coders. They were looking for people to work on uh, Spirits 2 and even had his email here. Well, uh, Ian posted again in 2013. Uh, we, we never started the new game apart from some sketches and concepts. But hey, you never know. The so, dream still lives. So there you go. For a Despiris Legacy 2. Um, I'll look this up uh, to some reviews for this game. And the reviews were interesting. Um, Amiga Computing, the US edition, which I didn't know that even existed, gave this game a 75%. Um, Amiga Format gave it a 69 And I recall that the, the guy that reviewed it hated the music. That's the guy that hated the music. Mm. Uh, Amiga Magazine gave this a 6 out of 10. Uh, Amiga Power gave this a 50%. And uh, they did the goofiest freaking review you've ever seen on this. Now, Amiga Power is the outfit, I think, that, uh, in fact, that definitely is the team that the Team 17 hated. Right, right. And, in fact, I looked this up, and they actually, uh, when they gave ATR All-Terrain Racing and Kingpin Arcade Bowling scores of 38 and 47, and we've played ATR, and it was not a... 38% game. No. Team 17 sued them. And they demanded the reviews be retracted. And the law, nothing ever happened with a lawsuit, but they uh, they just stopped sending them review games. <laughs> They're like, screw you. Uh, but anyway, the guy, when he reviewed this game, uh, they gave it a 50% and did the strangest opening to this review. And I read this, and I was like, this can't be right. So I went and looked at the actual pages. And the first, like, five paragraphs of the review are this imaginated meeting of all the various people that play James Bond. <laughs> oh my gosh. All I can do is look this, re look this review You up. know, in 96, <laughs> if you were writing for an Amiga publication, you were you were probably hitting the booze pretty hard. You knew, was, you knew what was coming. It was and, very strange. So I, I recommend, you know, normally I don't say go out of your way to read this review, but this is one, <laughs> and he didn't like this game that much, but I mean, and his review of the game was real bizarre. It was long, too. And then CU Amiga gave it a 74, and Lemon, uh, surprisingly, gave this a 7.5, uh, which is a pretty high score for them, for a you know, game. Eh. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, eBay on this, get this. I found two copies of this, both in the U.S. Right, Both box copies, the boxes were, well, one was a little damaged, one was a little more damaged. 11 or 14 bucks. Wow. So if you're looking to get hold of this... The box looks okay. How many, I mean, that's got to be a, a rarity that whenever you look up something on eBay and both copies are in the United States. Same guy. Oh, wow. And he'd already sold some. I and mean, he had multiple He'd been hoarding copies. them yeah. for years. I think you know? he came across a bunch of these, mm -hmm. you know, in a, some kind of closeout deal or something and yeah. said, heck with it. I mean, listen, again, I, when, I, when you pick, when we got this game picked, I was like, oh, man. But it was actually sort of fascinating. You oh, know, yeah. I liked the behind the scenes stuff and the... And the, the 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 gestation and the and the, and the birth of this game and the, and the and the effect and the effect with the death of the game I found fascinating. The game itself was something so odd that I enjoyed it. Me so, too. Me too. Thumbs up for the interesting parts. Thumbs down for the game. <laughs>
I give the I give the game a thumb. I give it the middle. thumb double thumb up for the college try. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Say that I'm an Amigos listener. I'm listening in my car right now as I'm driving to work or I'm taking oh, the train man. home. And I, I'm asking myself, what can I do to support the show? Okay. Well, listener, there are several things you can do to uh, to help us out. The first thing you should do is you should tell all of your Amiga-loving friends. Because you know that there are still some of your buddies that still play the Amiga from time to time and might need a podcast to listen to. Spread the word about Amigos. We want to we bring in some more folks to the community. In addition to that, you can also write an iTunes review. Even if you've never used iTunes before and you hate Apple with the passion of a thousand burning suns, mm-hmm. um, the Apple podcast engine is still the dominant player in the field, and every review that we get helps uh, helps us be more noticed. So there's that. And um, finally, of course, you can support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. You get all kinds of cool stuff. You get access to our Amigos Discord channel. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you can become part of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, which picked this game and all of our games going forward, really. Thank God for them, because yeah. they know way more than we do. That's yeah. right. And finally, of course, you can become part of the special Patreon song, which is the real reason why most people you know, support the show. And you get your name on the shirt. That's right. The next edition when it comes out. Absolutely. So, um, speaking of the Patreon song, last week's song, do you want to take a stab at it? You know, I remember it. I don't remember what it was, but I knew it. What was it? It was Eleanor Rigby. El- Eleanor, yes. I knew by it. the Beach Boys. That- oh. <laughs> Just kidding. So, um, this was, uh, we had several winning entries. Duncan Styles guessed it right off the bat. I think as soon as I finished singing it, I and got an email from him. that was sort of a tough him. one, too, I thought. Yeah. Um, we got Alan Kebab wrote in with the correct answer. Figgy CTZ and Pixels at Dawn, all winners. Those guys are all joined on the spot. Yeah, you? yeah. So, uh, this week, if you know the Patreon song, then you can write me an email at johnandamigospodcast.com. And if you get it right, I will read you as a winner. So, here we go. <clears throat> Howard Nims, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Darren Lomax, Colin 1419, Bachbid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monkstro, The Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf Kellon, Alan Kabal, Level Lord John Marshall Matthew Perone Ricky DeRocho Creepy Dead Boy Figure CTZ The Slow Norris Stefan So Gordon Mortensen Evan Helan Blindo 75 Christopher Hassel Ravi Abbott Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Laurent Giroux, Graham Bebke, Brent Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab. Anthony Jarvis tapes from the crypt. Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo. Ooh, THT. 
Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humbert, Staddle, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wong, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. You got real soulful there. Well, thank you. I got no idea on that one. Mm. I have no idea. It's sort of out of your. I like how you. I like how you. You some do some James Brown or something in there. Some, mm, yeah, yeah. I like that. Thank you. you thank really, you. it was that. You really, it was very powerful. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Next week, we have a very special game. It's very special. It's very, very special. Yeah, I heard about this game, <laughs> and I believe it's the most special game we've ever done. <laughs> Next week's game, Aaron, is a game that I can't believe that we haven't done before. Oh. You know, this is where we're more than 160 episodes in. Oh, my. The New Zealand story. New, now, this, I at least know of. This is a big arcade game, and mm-hmm. I know it was huge uh, across the pond. People love this game. I know. And I, I, this one, I'm Europe's. actually looking forward to playing, because, I mean, I've always heard about it. It's one I never really have tapped, mm-hmm. you know? So it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to giving that one a shot. Yeah, awesome. Um, we do record the show every Friday, except when we don't, live around 5.30 p.m. Eastern. You can hang out in the YouTube chat with uh, Pixel Vixen, Dan Ross, Pixels at Dawn, Necronom, Edvin Helen. Who else we got in here? Uh, Gary James is here. We got all kinds of folks hanging out with us in the chat. Join the party. Watch the show live. And um, Aaron... I will see you next week. Sounds good, bud. Until next time, folks. Adios. Adios.